Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. As always, my name is Noble. I'm joined here with my co-host, Wheeler. Today, we have a really fun episode coming up, breaking down a lot of the matchup possibilities a lot of the a lot of the Auburn basketball things that have been going on in recent days you know we talked last week after that brutal loss to Vanderbilt kind of talked about the important games what absolutely needed to happen what we kind of expected to happen etc and so obviously Auburn beat Ole Miss 78-74 in front of a packed out Neville Arena in the second to last home game of the season that game proved to be very essential and although we expected a little bit more of a convincing win a win's a win especially at this point in the game and then the Tigers proceeded to get absolutely violated by Kentucky in one of the most just abusive games of college basketball I've watched in recent years. So Auburn is firmly on the bubble. I believe Joe Lenardi's last projection had Auburn as the last four buys, which for clarification, that is the last teams that are essentially firmly in the the field of 64. They don't have to play their way into playing around a 64 game. So I'm going to hand it off to Wheeler. Wheeler, just kind of give us your thoughts on kind of that Ole Miss game, that Kentucky game, certain things that stuck out to you one way or the other. Uh, and just kind of did did Auburn exceed your expectations? What what did you expect compared to what we saw from the Tigers this week? Um, no, I I would say it was pretty much what I expected. Um, I hate to say that. Um, Noble and I were watching the game together, and before the uh, by the game, I'm talking about the Kentucky game. And before the game started, I was like, Noble, I just have a terrible feeling about this. I think we're going to get boat raced, all this stuff. And Noble's like, no, like, I really think we're going to have a good game this time. And I think there were like three and a half minutes left in the first half. And I look at Noble, and of course, I jinxed it. And I said, well, this is a lot better than I was expecting. I thought we were going to get throttled this game. I didn't, I didn't expect us to keep it this close. And I don't think that Auburn made another shot from about that point until the end of the game. Um, it was just really, really terrible second half. Um, and honestly, is more what I was expecting to happen. Uh, Rupp, Bruce and Rupp are just not – I always thought it was because Kentucky's teams were just really, really good and that the environment was really, really good. But there's just something about it. I don't know if his teams get scared up there or if he wants to win so bad that, like, he, he psychs his guys out. He really struggles when they go up to Rupp. Um, I don't think that what we saw in the Kentucky game, though, is indicative of how where the team actually is. Um, but I think what you saw in the Ole Miss game is in that they're just – and we've said it all year. And, I mean, they're not very good compared to other Auburn teams in recent memory. The fact that there's an Auburn team that's on the bubble, for Auburn, that's still really good. You know, I mean, 
we say it all the time about the people that are who just came around Auburn basketball and they, you know, get fired up and they say that Bruce has lost a step and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, he still brought us to, you know, we might still make the tournament this year and it's the rebuilding year. Um, and then I think a lot of people now are not even hopeful for next year. Like people are so down on what's happening in basketball that they're not even hopeful for next year. And they don't even think that one player can turn it around. That's I, I think that that's coming from a football school perspective because in football, that's like one out of 11. It's really hard to make a difference unless you're just next level. When you're 20% of the team, it's, pretty easy to come in and make an instant impact, especially on a team that's already on the bubble and is, if they didn't just go on a losing skid, would be in the tournament. And so you go from a team that's in the tournament and then you add a piece to 20% of the team that is a five-star. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference. That's how small the margin is between a Elite Eight team and a team on the bubble is one elite player, um, especially when you have a team like Auburn that has tons of role players that if they just had one star to put the game on their back that they could support would be a really good basketball team. I mean, if you think about it, if you put uh, Jared Harper on this year's basketball team as the point guard, I mean, they're really, really good. They're probably firmly in the tournament, probably a top four seed, I would say. Even if you put Bryce Brown and you just had a guy that was a consistent shooter out there, you're going to go way up. Um, obviously, if you put Jabari or Walker on this team, you would have last year, which was a really high-rated seed. Um, so I I don't think uh, – I think it's unfair of people to say that Bruce is not going to be able to turn it around because he's having a tough year this year. That being said, that Tennessee game – and I, I hate that I'm saying this – that Tennessee game becomes huge because – the Alabama game, it's not looking good. You know, I mean, I, I, I just don't think that having the expectation of this team going on the road and beating out this Alabama team is a good expectation to have. You know, I mean, Arkansas has Nick Smith back, and they played a heck of a game, and they still lost up there. Um, and I just don't think that Auburn has the firepower to compete with Alabama. Uh in Tuscaloosa. So Auburn fans, you need to buckle up. I think it's going to get really ugly this week against Alabama, like real ugly. I think it's going to be a 20-plus point de- uh, defeat. Um, and then you hope that the team is able to gather themselves together for the Tennessee game and uh, somehow pull an upset. Yeah, and I think the biggest concern that you've got watching this team is that a lot of the time – you know, you have you, – you play good enough to win a game, you know, whatever, bad stuff happens. Then you come home and you blow a team out at home. That's kind of been the, the mantra for the past, you know, month, two months of the season is you struggle on the road, you're fine at home, you know. But the fine at home is convincing, convincingly winning at home. And so this, you know, kind of this segment – you lose against Vanderbilt in a, you know, game at the buzzer, which just is going to hurt. Come home and you play a bad Ole Miss team. I mean, Ole Miss is not good. I mean, that, that, that team is not good. Kermit Davis's last game as a coach. And, you know, Auburn's got 19 wins. Ole Miss has 10. And you win that game by four. And now I will say Ole Miss did not play a bad game. But 
that game should not have been nearly as close as it was. And I think that's the thing that kind of that kind of made you think like, oh, okay, something changed. You know, it's it's not the same as it was. You know, when they're just going to come home and skull drag a team that's really not as good as they are. Then they go to Kentucky. And it's, it's close. They're fighting. They're going at it. Kentucky goes on that run right before the half, and then it all falls apart. And the last 10 minutes of that game, you were just like, this isn't even basketball. I mean, it's just a bunch of dudes running around, and Kentucky is just running the score up. And, I mean, let's be honest. We went on that little 8-0 run right at the end of the game. If not for that, we lose by 40, you know, and, and, and set up, instead of 34 or 32, I think. And so – that that game was just a very it was just very frustrating and I think it's just the kind of game you just got to forget and I don't know if this team is going to be able to forget while traveling to Alabama and the thing is with with how the net rankings work you have the the margin of victory really does make a difference so you know you lose a you lose a game to a really good team if it's close it's not really going to affect you at all for instance the the Auburn Alabama game earlier this season when when they beat us at home I think we dropped like one or two spots in the net. And so you're like, okay, this this has virtually no effect. And then Kentucky, I think we dropped eight because you just got destroyed. And I think that's the thing that you have to cling to is realistically, I think it's unrealistic to expect a win in Coleman Coliseum against Alabama. I think that what you have to expect, if you're coming at it from just a purely realistic perspective on what you can expect as a fan, and by looking at it, you have to hope that the team can keep it close and make the loss manageable and then win against Tennessee. And if you can win against Tennessee, you can maybe get a good seed in the SEC tournament, win a game. And I think if you win one game in the SEC tournament with that Tennessee win, you're fine. You're going to make the tournament. But the biggest thing is, you know, if you lose to Alabama by 30 and then you lose to Tennessee or, you know, you beat Tennessee close, you win one game in the tournament, then it starts getting a little wonky because you had two games that were just really, really bad losses because of how you performed in them. So I think that's the thing that we kind of have to look at. And, you know, when you look at, I mean, Auburn two years ago, the the last time Alabama won the SEC championship, that team had no – I mean, that that Auburn team had no business being that competitive against Alabama in Coleman Coliseum. I mean, that, we were we weren't playing well. There wasn't the emotion of Sharif coming back. I mean, that, that that first game was weird because it was Sharif's first game. But the second game, we weren't exactly playing great. But the game was closer. The game was closer than it should be. And I think that's what you got to hope for when it's the rivalry mindset. Everything's kind of going out the window. You're playing ball, and you hope something can something can get strung together. And I think that's really what you have to focus on from just looking at that Alabama game in a bubble. And then you go into Tennessee, and you got to you know you just got to remember, look, if we hit two shots, you know, you just, you just go back to that whole game where you're like, well, if we hit two of the open shots, we win that game. You know, if we play defense like we did, we'll probably win that game at home. If we just get, you know, one more call to go our way, we can probably win that game because of how close it was. So I really think that this Alabama game isn't even as much of a, a game to note. I think the Tennessee game is really where all eyes go, where you're like, all right, this is where your season is. You know, this is where it becomes win or go home more so than the, than the Alabama game. Yeah. I agree. And I mean, it's unfortunate that, you know, this year has been reduced to that, but that's just what happens when your in-state rival happens to be probably the best team in college basketball, which I think Auburn fans are really frustrated that they're the best team in college football, you know, and then they're the best team in college basketball. But like, there's just years where you have to temper the expectation. You know, the expectation can't always be that we're going to sweep Alabama for the season, like we did last year. You know, Auburn had a good basketball team last year. They just don't have a very good team this year. And that's the reality of the situation. We've been saying that for a long time. You know, relative to Bruce's other teams, this is 
not a good team. And we've known that since the Northwestern game. I mean, you've literally known that since football season was still happening. You saw that game and you thought, this team's just not very good. And they just haven't been able to prove it otherwise. Um, You know, I thought – I think the most disheartening thing that I saw was the effort on rebounding in defense at the beginning of the second half um, in Rupp Arena when it really started to get away from us. I feel like when it got to like a 15-point game, they just quit. You know, I mean, they just kind of succumbed to the fact that they were going to get beat. Um, And you just saw the effort level, you know, drop to a place that you haven't seen that effort level drop to previously. So, it's disheartening. Maybe they can put it together against Alabama, make it competitive. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's like you said. Um, here's a fun question for you. Well, not a fun question. It's really a depressing question. What is the atmosphere like in Neville Arena in an NIT game where you're a number one seed in the NIT? You know, if I'm being honest, I, I think that the, the environment would be fine. Uh in all honesty, I, I think that the the students would still show up. I think that, you know, it might not be the the same like you know hunger that you've got where where the people are lining up hours before. The student section will fill up for an NIT game because people, I mean, a lot of people that go to the games they don't really care about the game. You know, they care that the game is happening. You know, they don't really care about the the aspects of that game. And I'm just going to be honest, like I'd be surprised if Auburn accepts the NIT bid. Like I, I think that that is, I think that you are the point. I think that you're at the point in a pro- at at a program where yes, it's you know there was a time when we wanted that NIT where we were you know wanted that NIT bid, but I think that almost now like if you miss the tournament, this team becomes forgettable, and I think that that might almost be the focus of if you don't make the tournament, you don't want this team to be memorable, and I and I hate saying that because you know it, it seems like I'm discounting the hard work that this team has put in and who these guys are, but the thing is. You know, you have 2018, you know, the, the 2018 season, you won the SEC regular season. Next year, you win the final four. The next year, you have a top five draft pick, you know, and then COVID, you know, throws off the tournament. Who knows what would have happened. The next year, COVID year, you have Sharif and JT put two guys in the NBA in the same year, but it was still COVID. You had the postseason ban. Weird year, you know, but no fans. It's a weird year. Next year, you got Jabari, you got Walker. You're putting two guys in the first round of the NBA draft. Obviously, you had the heartbreak, but you still won an SEC championship. Each one of those seasons has something where you're like, this moment you remember, this moment you remember, this moment you remember. It was great times to remember. But then this team rolls around, and you're like, I mean, making the NIT, that's going to be what people remember about this team if you make the NIT. And I almost feel like if this team misses, if this team doesn't accept the NIT bid, people are going to think of all the players as something else that they did. You know, like you'll think of Janai for what he does next season. You'll think of Jalen Williams for what he did, you know, in previous years. You'll think of Wendell for what he did last season. You'll think of Allen, what he did his sophomore season. And I, I don't want to say like, I don't want to just discount this whole entire year, but I almost think that as a program, if you say, if you don't accept that NIT bid, it sets the bar for this is where we expect to be. And if we're making the NIT, that's not what we expect. And we're not we're not even going to do that. Now, I do think, you know, if we go to the NIT, I'll be sitting on the front row cheering on the team, and I'll be hoping to win the whole tournament. Because that's if you're going to be in the NIT, you want to win it. Now, obviously, no one wants to watch their team in the NIT. But if Auburn is there, I will 100% support them and be at every game. 
But I, it would not surprise me from how Bruce talks about Auburn basketball now if almost as a, a, a show, you know, he's going to be like, no, we're competing for championships in the NCAA tournament and we're not even going to play in the NIT. Because that's something that, like, let's be honest, that's that's something that an elite program would do, you know? And I think that Bruce might want to show that as, like, here at Auburn, we're not even clinging to, you know, just making it. You know, we're we're not just making a postseason berth. We're trying to make the postseason. No, I agree. I, I think it's not bad for your program to turn down the NIT. Um, I think that Auburn fans will go, maybe. I don't know. That just – there's no – I guess I would watch it, but I'm just – nothing about that excites me. That's literally like playing four Birmingham Bowls, you know. I mean, it literally is. It's not even like playing four Capital One Bowls. It's literally going to the Birmingham Bowl and playing in it over and over and over again. And you just watch bad basketball because the teams that you're playing against are all so bad. Um, so, now I hope that if we don't make the tournament, we don't accept an NIT berth. Um, but I say that now, I'll probably go to the game if it's, you know, not $100 to get into like it. Yeah, I mean, for, you know, for, every, for everybody that wants to go to an Auburn game, you know, it, the t- tickets are crazy expensive for every regular season game. But, hey, you'd be able to experience Neville Arena for an Auburn basketball game in the NIT. I mean, the ticket prices would go down. So maybe if you're really hurting for going to an Auburn basketball game, the NIT might be just, just right up your alley. It's like going to a Louisiana-Monroe football game. Great family environment. The Auburn family. One yeah, final so I, roll of Tumor's Corner. Yeah, and so I, I think that it just all goes back to, you know, focusing on that Tennessee game. And really, you know, you look at that Kentucky game, you know, you mentioned the the effort on the rebounding especially. I think the, the worst part about that game, you know, Janai started pretty strong offensively, but he had one rebound on the night. Sheboy had 17. And when you have uh, – when your matchup rebounds at 16 more times than you and you're a starting center that plays 26 minutes in the game, you have one rebound. Like, that's just – you're not going to win that, you know? Like, that's just the, – the matchup problem was there. And Jalen Williams, you know, came in, had four rebounds. Dylan Carwell came off the bench and actually did play – I mean, he played his role pretty well with five rebounds. You know, he he, he did his job. But that's – I mean, you can't expect to win, you know? Not, not even mentioning the, the poor shooting nights from pretty much everybody. But if your starting center has one rebound and gets out – I mean, they're – their front court duo of Toppin and Chibwe had 29 – they had 29 rebounds. And our front court duo of Jalen Williams and Janiah Broom had five. Like, there's only so much you can expect when that's that's the performance. And you, you're like – you look at the box score and you're like, well, no wonder it was such a blowout because this team couldn't rebound. And that's – you know, it, go, it goes back to what we said earlier, but – you got to be able to rebound against elite teams and Kentucky is the most elite team at rebounding. You know, I mean, when, when you're looking at the sec, she boy is the biggest matchup problem for, for any center down low when it comes to rebounding. So that's something that we definitely as a team need to work on. And that's something, you know, that, that can win you games, you know, against Alabama, they crash the boards hard. They're not necessarily elite rebounders, but they have effort rebounds and they go for offensive rebounds. You got Tennessee, Tennessee out rebounded us uh, when we played them up in Knoxville. So, I think that the rebounding is something to really watch closely in these next two games for Auburn to, to really have, have a chance to to make it to March. Imagine doing the two little 
celebration to somebody that ends up out rebounding you by 20 something rebounds and just absolutely eats your lunch on both ends of the floor. Just imagine that. You got to, you got to respect, you got to respect the trash talk at all, at all levels. But so right now the, the SEC standings, you've got Alabama at number one. And by the way, the, the game, the game on Wednesday, if they win, it will clinch them the SEC regular season. So that adds a little bit more motivation to their rivalry where it's, you know, if they win, the confetti's fall and they're having the whole ceremony. It's like, I mean, it's it's a championship game for Alabama. So Auburn can potentially spoil that, you know, to, to an, a different game. Over under the number of comments that Bruce uh, has lost the culture of Auburn basketball Wednesday after the game. I'm putting it at three. If I three, see any of them. Three point, three point five. If I see any comments like that, I'll just be disappointed. I mean, you just, the 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 things that Bruce has done. You know, I actually had this I had this discussion with someone last night, and they said, "What would your, you know, if 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 you were presented with the scenario of Bruce winning the national championship at Auburn the the year we made the Final Four, that team wins a championship, but two years later he leaves Auburn to become the head coach at Louisville or you know." whoever else and that you know Auburn doesn't Auburn doesn't retain them would you would you take that if if presented the opportunity no. they're saying absolutely not what'd you say I said I would not I would not necessarily take it but if it did happen I would still love Bruce and I wouldn't harbor any ill will towards Bruce for leaving because of what he's done for Auburn's program. And even now, like even if Bruce had left last year and we hadn't signed him to, you know, whatever it was, like an eight-year deal, even if he had left, I would still love Bruce Pearl for what he's done for Auburn basketball. And no matter what happens from here on out, Bruce Pearl has done the impossible at Auburn. And that can't be emphasized enough that no matter what we have, even right now, this season, under Tony Barbie, we would be like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? We might make the NCAA tournament, and we have five stars committed to this school in two different classes. Like, you, at some point, you got to take a step back and be like, Auburn basketball is still better in a better spot than 95% of the programs in college basketball, regardless of what happens in the next three games. I totally agree with you. But, but it's still Not there. everyone does. Yes, I, I, I know. And so – Alabama's the number one seed in the SEC. Texas A&M is two. Kentucky's three. Tennessee's four. Missouri's five. Auburn is six right now. And so right now you've got Auburn and Auburn and Vanderbilt are tied right now. They both have a nine and seven conference record. Obviously Vanderbilt has the head to head. So Auburn's you know next two is pretty difficult. Vanderbilt has Kentucky on the road and then Mississippi State at home. There's a legitimate chance that Vanderbilt loses the next two, and Auburn could win one. If Auburn wins one against Tennessee, that could really help with seeding. You're all this, you know, all of a sudden you're sitting in, you know, a better, a better spot for the for the tournament. So the the next two weeks are really just vital to look at, you know, and just to be able to examine everything that's going to be happening. And really, there's there's not really much you can talk about. Everyone knows what Alabama is. Everyone knows what Tennessee is. You know, Alabama, they've been well-publicized. Tennessee, it feels like they're the exact same team they've been for five years. You know, I, I feel like Tennessee feels the exact same about Auburn. You know, you, you remember when when Vescovi was, was hurting us four years ago and Jalen Williams comes in and Auburn leads the comeback and he has the, the alley-oop to himself off the backboard. And, you know, here we are four years later. 
those two guys are still playing. So I, I feel like Tennessee is a team that Auburn knows really well and vice versa. Uh, obviously, Bruce and Rick Barnes know each other's teams really well. So that'll be that'll be an interesting game. But honestly, something to find a little bit of uh, encouragement from. Auburn has had a good record against Tennessee at home. You know, a lot of big-time Auburn wins have come against – like the ones against Tennessee, a lot of them have been at home. They've been big games that Auburn has been able to win – you know, because of the home crowd, Auburn struggled more in Knoxville than they have at home. And I mean, it's something to think about, you know, it's something to think about in these next two games are absolutely essential. And so if you're, you know, trying to cling to some hope, watch some highlights of Auburn, Tennessee from previous years, you know, when the the volunteers came to Auburn and you can feel a little bit of encouragement from previous Tiger teams winning those games. There is one person that you need to watch in the next two games. And it's Wendell Green Jr. If he plays, if he does his games where he goes 6 of 15, or not 6 of 15, sorry, 2 of 15, 1 of 11, 1 of 12, it's going to get ugly, ugly. If he has one of his ridiculous games where he pulls up his logo win and he's splashing, you might have a chance to win them. But, I mean, it's like we've talked about. I mean, that's the frustrating thing is I feel like we can't really say anything new on the podcast other than if he plays well, he plays well. We're all at the mercy of whether or not this guy has his own shooting night because it's like we've said, if he has an off night, he ain't coming back. Like, it's not turning around. And if he has an on night, he's not getting shut down. Um, I mean, Ole Miss was the – I guess he didn't have a great night, really, against Ole Miss. Um, that was your first one that he had – you know, kind of an off night and you still were able to get a win, you're not going to be able to do that in the next two games. And it's been a little while since he's gone off. So who knows? Maybe uh, Wednesday and Coleman will be his time to go off. Yeah, and I think the weird thing with, you know, the the game against Ole Miss was Wendell just wasn't – he didn't he didn't make any threes, you know. I mean, he, he had 23 points and his field goal percentage was fine, but, you know, he just didn't make a three. And so that was kind of a weird way of watching Wendell Green play basketball. And I also think that that was, you know – a bad team, uh, you know, again, and that, that, that game, you can't really analyze too much of the box score because of, you know, well, I mean, not- his field goal percentage was just him running past the defense who wasn't getting back and then yes, exactly getting fouled or making a layup. You know, it yeah. wasn't like he was taking actual shots. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And really, I, I do agree with you. I think that Wendell's performance in the next couple games is, is vital. And if he can, elevate his game enough you know and yeah you know, we we remember the the famous moment of him and Coleman last year you know going on his run winking at the camera maybe maybe he'll you know have flashbacks of what he did last year and he'll be he'll be on fire so we'll we'll be we'll be uh watching closely to see see what the team can do um we'll be back next week breaking down those two games hopefully what will be two wins uh, at the very least hopefully one and one uh, at that point, Auburn will know where we fall in the SEC tournament, so we'll be able to break down all that kind of good stuff with seeding, matchups, uh, and where we where we stand on the bubble for the for the NCAA tournament uh, after after the next few games. But as always, thank you guys so much for listening. And War Eagle, War Eagle.